All right, good morning, everyone. It's time for another Best Ball Breakfast. It's the Wednesday doubleheader with the BBM3 champ, Pat Corain, and Rotoviz is Sean Siegel. These drafts have been getting out of hand the past couple of weeks. We will see what is in store for today. It's Best Ball Breakfast. I'm Peter Overzet, and these are drafts number 52 and 53 on my road to 150 stream drafts. Oh, another Influencer 101 for the Backward Hats, bro. Rigged! Zach Ertz with no Tyler Algier bringback? Yikes! You reached a round for correlation? That's a no-no! You ADP bros disgust me. How about you just live a little? Handcuffing might actually be a way to get unique if the field's avoiding it. The Wi-Fi at this resort is a disaster? These fucking streamers don't have player takes. What if a piss boy draft is the room you need? Oh! Pat Corain, how is it going? Every time I do the intro, I, I feel like I'm doing the bit from last year's Best Ball Bros video where I say draft with the winner of Best Ball Mania 2 and a sack of potatoes. But saying sack of potatoes to Sean Siegel is just so egregiously disrespectful that I'm really having some cognitive dissonance with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not quite right. Um, well, I, I got to start off. I'm going to go ahead and issue an apology to, uh, to you and Slow Draft Nation. Uh, I have entered an insane amount of slow drafts wow. so that i am i am now max the puppy too oh. uh, with slow drafts which i didn't i like kind of went ahead i could have like sp spaced this out a little bit but i was like nope i'm just getting this done i'm clicking the button until i'm done i've got about uh i think i have like 130 puppy twos going right now slow okay this is like there's one thing because in the in our private chat you were saying like yeah i've been doing you know 10 to 15 slow drafts at once it's manageable but going from that to a hundred and some slow drafts like what what happened is it just all the edge in getting in the slow drafts why a bunch of people fast drafted with with less information is that the play the play was i want to get i want to do the puppy and i but anytime i was like sitting down i was like i'm gonna draft a puppy i was like <laughs> I should just do something else with my time. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then I did a few sessions where I multi-tabled. I did uh, one the other day where I did, like we did on Chip Chasing, I did five puppies at once. And it was, you know, it was kind of fun and intense. But I was like, that's, I, that was, I'm good for a few days on that. Like, I don't want to do that again right now. So, you know, I was just like, how am I going to get, how am I going to realistically do this? And I was doing, I got up to about 40 or so slow drafts and i was like i i can do this well, i'm so, just gonna do it so what is it because this is the thing that the dark side of slow draft nation which i am a card carrying member of is how you how long you take to refamiliarize yourself with the team and i notice when i'm doing 15 to 20 slow drafts i kind of remember the teams i'm like oh this is the one where this guy fell or whatever but when you're in that territory you legitimately can't keep track of all the teams so how much familiarizing are you doing each time? Are you looking at the team, the ADP board, what your opponent's doing or making? Because that can balloon into a very large task. No, I'm not going to be doing that much familiarizing, but I do think I have this like other thing that's helpful, which is that like I have tiebreakers based on kind of like what I've been doing. Cause all these drafts are happening like at the same, like roughly like in the same period. Like I entered all of these, I'd probably entered a hundred drafts, at the same time so they're all kind of flowing you know at a similar part of the draft together so i can at least go like i've now drafted like for example i was like i don't think i've drafted garrett wilson and amon together like maybe ever so i'm just gonna yeah. do that you know and then so kind of breaking ties sort of like a little portfolio management thing in my in my head like i'll have i'll have the like oh, i don't think i'm drafting this guy much vibe yeah, more locked in than than most other people. So I have that advantage in terms of what I've done previously on the team. Uh, I will have no idea. And <laughs> what I am doing though, I'm doing the the Davis trick where you star all the correlations, which I've never really bothered to do in slow drafts because I'm like I don't need to do this. I'll dude, that's a whole myself. job in of itself, starring all the correlations. Not if you do it after every single pick. If you okay. do it. If you have to go and star when you're 10 rounds in, like, don't bother. Like, you might as well just review the team. But I'm doing it after every pick. I'm dutifully doing it. See, you and I took – this is funny because I used to be way more of a slow draft bro. I have gone the other way, Pat. We are ships passing in the sea. I said, should I enter all of these slow drafts for the puppy 
or should I just enter the bulldog one time? And I decided to uh, enter the bulldog right before that filled. So I have one draft I'm hawking instead of a million slow drafts. Well, I also, I did the yeah, bulldog too. <laughs> Um, all right, we are underway here in the Best Ball Mania 4 draft. We're drafting from the seven slot here. Obviously, a friends and family draft as always. 10-minute what YouTube member tier gets me the Discord for draft announcements. That's the Best Ball Value Hounds tier. There is a ping alert that you can um, check the pin in that Discord, and then you can get alerts. And so there were five spots available when I registered, and it looks like you guys were able to fill those. So that is the best way to get alerts. Pat, we are on the clock at 1-7 here. Kelsey, Bijan, A.J. Brown, Eckler, what do you like? I'd be good with Kelsey or A.J. Brown here. I Bijan's falling so much that yeah. I'm I'm waiting. Yeah, I just got Bijan. Let's do A.J. Brown. I got uh, Bijan at like 16 or 17 yesterday, or maybe it was 15 or 16 in one of those drafts uh, that I did. So, yeah. He's falling. Is there again? I I only know my best ball mania rooms that are on stream. Is that happening in in your puppy drafts? Just like across the board, is he falling? Oh, I, you know I'm getting him a lot at the like the eight through twelve. Okay. Or even nine nine through twelve because I usually take AJ Brown ahead of him right now. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I guess like I don't know if he would fall to the early second round in a lot of those cases. Cause I'm just kind of scooping him up. I think yeah. he's a really nice pick there. Um, it does strike me that all the running backs are, are kind of cheaper right now because the puppy is doing its thing. Yeah. One thing I've, and I've been getting a lot of later draft slots on stream. And so the combination of the late draft slots, plus my wide receiver avalanche piss boy rooms, I really have been, taking really trying to prioritize the wide receivers early because i keep getting these gifts at adp of running backs in the late third in the early fourth yeah. you know in my draft the other day i sent you guys that screenshot of getting you know Devonte adams cd lamb and then still getting josh jacobs Brees hall so that is a very specific calculus that i would not recommend like oh pass Bijan because of this dynamic i think it's pretty unique to my live stream rooms but that is something I've been dealing with because my guess here, Pat, is at 31, we're going to get a running back we really like. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's a good bet anyway. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's this is the spot here of like, I normally take a lave just knowing it, but I'm I'm open to other things if you, or you could do a Devonta Smith if you want to set up the premium. Well, what do you think our chances of actually completing that double are? I think it would be greater than 50% in this room. I'd be open. I do. Then let's say Alave or Smith. I, I'm fine with either. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause the Devonta Smith let's, I, I'm just not a huge fan of using my first three picks on one offense. Is that a blind spot for me? I know the Eagles are good. Uh, you don't have to convince me of that, but I'm just talking macro, you know, using that much draft capital on a single offense when we need to traverse three uncorrelated tournament gauntlet. Uh, I don't know. I think it's pro I think it's fine, but I don't love it if I don't have the stack. Cause I think if you're, if you're like in, in the case where you have an elite quarterback like Jalen hurts, who I think probably has the highest weekly ceiling of all quarterbacks, then I would really like, and I just bet a ton of draft capital on not only his top two receivers, but a very concentrated offense to those receivers plus Goddard. Mm -hmm. So, like, I mean, if he, if those guys are the guys you need, you're also really going to want Hurts. And he has so much rushing upside as well that he is going to be, like, harder to replace than most other quarterbacks. So it would be more of a thing where if, like, there was a 75 80% chance of getting Hurts coming back, then I would feel more comfortable making yeah. that. The other thing about it, too, is this spot here where we pick at pick 79 – also can um, line up, or is it 79 or 66, line up with Dallas Goddard's ADP? And then again, too, am I really wanting to do four of my first seven round picks on the Eagles? You know, knowing that Goddard is going to be there because people don't seem to like to grab him unstacked either. So that that's the kind of stuff I'm thinking through with that premium Eagles. I, I, I think it's fine because, I mean, you are betting – in order for that to pay off, you need the Eagles to be like a historically potent offense, but I think they can be. Yeah. Um, 
so let's see here. So we do start AJ Brown, Chris Olave, um, JGFC from the two hole, uh, getting frisky, flipping the board with a Keenan Jerry Judy two three turn. We also see do your research doing something that I've noticed is fairly popular now. Like, and this is the problem with the reaching stuff. I talked about this with Spags on Splash Play. The Mark Andrews, Lamar Jackson in your head, you're like, oh, this is unique with Justin Jefferson. But so I've seen people do this on stream now two to three times, coupled with seeing you, Pat, post a screenshot of getting Lamar and Mark Andrews at the three four turn. So I just don't like one running into other people doing this. This isn't that unique. And you're sacrificing a second round pick relative to other stackers like yourself. And so, and we're going to get values on Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts in this room. Yep. So now what is Casey? Because he's got both guys available here. He's got Diggs and Smith. Yep. So he, he did a version of what we talked about with uh, Sigmund Bloom, where yep. he has two outs to the elite quarterbacks and both elite quarterbacks sitting here for him. So that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, he snipes us. Yeah. Which is weird because I would always break the tie in the favor of the player. Yeah, me too. Sunk significant capital. And that's a mistake there. Do you want to go Henry or Stevenson? I like breeze. Okay. You're breeze over, over, obviously you're, you have your ranks in here. The only thing Pat is breeze is falling. And I do like playing the ADP game a little bit. Um, although breeze, if you won't... want Yeah. If you want to Where... go Henry, I'll go Henry. So th that's my only thing, Pat, is Brees Hall's been falling to like the 3-4 turn in all of these. And in these drafts, I mean, it's unlikely Brees comes back, but I just am kind of breaking ties in favor of that right now because sentiment is is down on Brees. I know. Yeah. yeah. I, I My feeling is like I, I want to be like uh, thinking through the big stands that I'm making. Um, mm -hmm. And Brees is one that I've kind of just like checked in with my cell phone a couple times and I'm just like, yeah, I want to, it seems like fairly like obvious to me that one of the main reasons to have drafted at this time of year was to scoop third round Brees, like getting Brees at a similar price to where Camaro was going last year when we thought he might get suspended for six games and was already flashing signs of decline. Mm -hmm. um, because he might might miss week one, but we don't even know that. Uh, I don't know. It just seems like seems like a smash. But Henry there, I mean, Henry, that's a pretty sweet value on Henry too. So yeah, uh, I have no issues taking Henry. Yeah, and that that's just kind of like the ADP. And I think it's because I know, Pat, I'm just going to end up with so much Brees. Yeah. Um, where <laughs> if you too. do think about the way injury stuff can go, don't you think it's a little easier for Henry to rise than Brees? just like sentiment news base. Uh, yeah. Although I think Brees is being priced like he's truly uncertain for the start of the season. And I think yeah. like if he's, if it's kind of drumbeat, like, no, 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 like he's going to maybe he plays like 50% of the snaps in week one, or maybe even 40%, but he's going to be out there. I think he will not be the three eleven or whatever. Yeah. Um, all right, Pat, we're about to be on the clock at 4-6. Our team so far, A.J. Brown, Chris Olave, Derek Henry, best available per your ranks, Jameer Gibbs, Mike Williams, Christian Watson, Drake London. What stands out to you? Uh, I'm fine with the receivers. I, I think we have we want to go to the receivers. I don't mind going Williams and maybe trying to set up a Herbert thing. I do that a lot. Yeah, we could do that. Uh, Sean has me so spooked on Mike Williams. Um, okay, we don't have to do that then. Do you like Do you like Watson here? I like Watson. Yeah, I feel like Watson in a piss boy room going a few picks past ADP feels somewhat interesting. I guess the other thing I've been thinking about a lot, um, and you mentioned the Herbert thing, is if we would end up wanting to do the the multiple detour early like so that's the one thing i think about in a normal room i normally allow myself two detours like right through seven rounds and then getting those five wide receivers I'm fine with three in a normal room. three see in in a normal room but in these rooms you can get buried like if you do yeah. three and so i'm thinking through if we have henry if we end up liking a tight end value and the herbert stuff then we could just be really weak at wide receiver through seven or eight that's the only thing i'm thinking through. yeah yeah no i'm used to i'm used to Sometimes you'll get caught out if you take three detours early, but you can usually get away with three in the rooms that I'm in. Um, Where are you? Who has been? So if you're doing three detours, are you generally able to 
grab the last of that, like Rashad Bateman, Zay Flowers, Elijah Mortier? Is that how you're able to pull that off? Yeah. 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 Um, and I'll take some Sutton, like as a wide receiver five. And occasionally I'll go into uh, the double digit rounds with only four wide receivers. Um, I, I would say that happens more than I would like it to because I end up in a spot where I'm like, ah, I, I'm not taking Michael Thomas here. So, you know, whatever. Right. I have a, I was just looking at a team that has Darnell Mooney as its wide receiver five with one of Justin yeah. Fields' team, which is not fun. But there are wide receivers in like, you know, round 12, 13, 14 range that I think are like solid picks that I am like, okay, if I need to, if I need to get to like six, let's say seven wide receivers by like round 15, I can kind of build that out where three of those are double digit round picks, but I don't like hate, hate the room. And I have some more early running back firepower or whatever it is. And I do think one thing that I've been starting to think through a little bit more is like team specifics as it pertains to structures. So if I'm setting up for like a bit of a punk QB build, all of a sudden, like the Giants and Daniel Jones become a priority target because there's like five legitimate stacking options for him late. Whereas say teams like the Dolphins in the Cowboys, where there are really very little stuff, then I prefer to not be having to chase wide receiver in those rooms, knowing I don't have like really easy double stacks available. Right. Um, we are on the clock though. Justin Fields with a huge slide in this room. I mean, I guess we could, but what are we doing with him? Yeah. Um, what else? I'd be wide more inclined receiver- to go Hawkinson as the slider. So if we go Hawk, I think we are locked out of elite quarterback in this build, which I'm completely fine with. Hawk's correlated at least. Hawk's correlated gives us another out to a mid-tier quarterback, right? We now have Derek Carr, Jordan Love, and Kirk Cousins all viable with these three. And I don't think we'll be able to afford passing on a wide receiver at 66. No, we have to go wide receiver at the next pick, I think. I mean, Fields is – that's a nice value on Fields, but – Yeah. It's also a nice value on Hawkinson. Yep. It is. It is a nice a nice slide there. And then you do – you know, obviously we have no DJ Moore in that selection. You can do backdoor stuff with, you know, the Bears. There are the running back options. But, again, it goes back to that detour thing and, like, which detour do you, do you value more in that situation, the tight end or the quarterback? Um, but because also, of the correlation tiebreaker, I do yeah. And as far that. as breaking tie, like, what if we took Drake London? Then I think you know maybe we go Fields, which is right. maybe like a silly way to do it in some ways. But I think it's also no not silly because you set yourself up for a nice, a really nice bring back, and you're gonna end up building a a field stack anyway. Wait, and is it that when we would we all bandy about the uh, the most cliche term using it as a tiebreaker? Like those are literally the exact spots where we're like, oh, yeah. both of these look good. Let's use the correlation as the tiebreaker here. Both are ADP values. values. Both are detours. Yep. Yeah. So definitely like some wide receivers available here. We could, uh, depending on what Sean does here, we could potentially set up the Kirk Cousins double with Jordan Addison, or we could do Evans. I think we do that. The Addison. I think we set up the double. Yeah. I like that. All right. So our team here through six rounds, um, we've taken two detours. Um, our wide receivers are AJ Brown, Chris Olave, Christian Watson, Jordan Addison got uh, a mid third round, Derek Henry anchor and a sliding TJ Hawkinson elite tight end there in the fifth, um, got some correlations going and, um, we shall see what is available for us at pick 79. We might be able to, to grab the end of that tier. Yeah. So what are you seeing? Like, who is typically available for you in the mid seventh of wide receiver? Is that are you already to like Bateman by that point? Yeah, in in yeah. these rooms, this this room did seem to normalize a little bit. Um, you know, after like the Keenan Judy stuff, well, Johnson people... went in the sixth round. So, <laughs> yes, but that I think is a little correlated toward Amy uh, here setting up that stack. Yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, uh, but yeah, no, we see. You know, Mike Evans, Kadarius, Tony. Mike Evans is at ADP there, but you'll then you'll see a guy like Jahan Dotson, a little bit of a reach. But everyone's kind of doing their correlation thing. You see, do your research, grabs Dotson with his IUK stuff. Um, right. So I get it. Yeah, we're like a half round ahead of schedule, I would say. Right. 
Um, yeah, well, we're gonna we're gonna have a wide receiver um, that we yeah, like right. here. Um, Kyle Pitts sliding in this room. You got to think one of these guys take the uh, the, yeah. the Pitts value here at uh, pick what a, almost a full round past That's ADP crazy, looks real man. nice. And the, these are some of the teams I've been doing. You know, we see Lewin Brew here. Uh, where's Lewin Brew? With a 1-5, gets the anchor Barkley, a little discount there, five wide receivers, and then you're able to still grab the elite tight end. It does just Except really line up nice. <laughs> oh, that's not Lewin Brew. This is Lewin Brew. Oh, this is Lewin Brew. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Connor. Yeah. Oh, he took Lewin Brew grabs pits. Yep. Well done. Um, let's see. Who else is falling? Damian Pierce falling in this room. That's not surprising. So, it looks like we're looking at Cooks and Flowers here at the end of this wide receiver tier. I kind of like Cooks. Or, or Elijah Moore. I'm I'm starting to warm up to him as well. Um, he might come back. Doubt it. I'd probably Cooks. go Cooks. Yeah. Yeah. Cooks also sets us up for another mid-range quarterback selection. Right. Dak is a guy who tends to fall in drafts. If the C.D. Lamb drafter doesn't grab him, like he'll he'll fall a full round. Interesting. I haven't yeah. drafted a ton of Dak. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you seeing him go? Um, I've been getting him like some. I mean, I took him on on the draft uh, with Spags uh, yesterday, completely unstacked because he fell like twenty picks past ADP, and I hadn't taken a quarterback yet. Um, and so I ended up scooping him up. But um, I'm happy to take Dak when he falls, you know, around past ADP, preferably correlated. I didn't love just because, like I right. said, there's so few options. I end up with just a skinny stack with Dak and Jake Ferguson a lot of times if someone reaches on Michael Gallup, which doesn't feel great. But I don't mind uh, a nice discount on him. Yeah, he's he's interesting because I don't like the, the the switch to McCarthy there at all. Apparently, yeah. like McCarthy's giddy calling plays. Like he's like so happy right now, just like loving life. But I don't trust that at all. I don't like McCarthy's sharp. But, well, this this is the whole thing with that. And I, I agree with you. It is super concerning. But if it is like the whole establish it thing, it's like one of these running backs who isn't being drafted is a smash. Like if they are yeah. truly going to establish it, like we all love Pollard. Pollard's going to smash. But another one of these running backs is going to be a sick value. And so it's like, I'd prefer to capitalize on that if we're like, if you're out on the passing game, like I want that second running. The back. problem is that it might be Zeke. Right. So you can't even, you know, count on being able to pick the right guy. Um, Let's see here. We are about to pick. We are on the clock now, Pat. We got running backs, Pacheco, Rashad White, James Conner, Javante Williams, James Cook, um, I, wide receiver wiped out. And I mean, so at running back, could- I like, I like White for a little mini with Olave. Pacheco mm-hmm. also a value. And then we could, I mean, we could go Dak, I guess, but it seems a little early. I think we can wait on Dak. Why don't we do, why don't we break that tie in favor of uh, Rashad White? I guess the only thing I'm starting to get a little worried about with White is they do seem like a candidate to potentially bring in like a Dalvin Cook, Kareem Hunt, Zeke type and that's giving me just a little pause not that it makes me worried about Rashad White's production but just knowing if that happens yeah we're gonna get what 11th round Rashad White if that happens yeah yeah that's probably where we would settle um yeah that's fair I think they I mean one we know it's not for net uh I don't see how Dalvin would would want to go there uh, I don't see how yeah. Zeke would want to go there I think Hunt is probably the guy that made, make the most sense where it's like maybe you reunite with Baker and no one else. Is oh, really I forgot about him. the Baker connection you know? there. Yeah. All right. Look at the chat. Now, even I didn't even know that you guys were entitled to pours, but I am thirsty and I do have uh, some coffee left. So here you go. You sickos. There it is. The coffee pour for the people here. Um, yeah, what did you make of this? Starkindler pointing out the Rams made some cap space today. Didn't they they restructured Cooper Cup's contract? Oh, I didn't uh I didn't see that. I was starring a bunch of bunch of teams <laughs> in the puppy. Yeah. Yeah. So who knows what they're doing? There was some talk of like, are they making a run at DeAndre Hopkins, which would be hilarious considering like their cap situation and team situation. But maybe they think they can uh run it back one more time, one more magical Super Bowl run. Wow. Wow. 
the uh, uh, there's a blurb today about Brees Hall maybe not having a seamless return. To athletics. Cheaper Brees Hall, it's coming. Yeah, cheaper Brees Hall. As mm. Athletic Zach Rosenblatt said he's skeptical that he will have a seamless return. Uh, it doesn't they, appear to be based on anything other than Zach's brain. Yeah. I mean, 10 minute referencing uh, a Dalvin Cook spot. I mean, purely depth chart wise, like I could see it from their perspective. But this whole thing about Dalvin being like, I'm not taking anything less than what was it like five million a year or something like this. It's like who who is out here running to clear up cap space to give Dalvin Cook a fat contract at this point in his career? That seems I think he's insane. done. He has I honestly to think he's done. He, he was not yeah. good last year. He's getting older. These running backs, when it goes, it goes. Um, so our team here through eight rounds, um, no quarterbacks. We got uh, Derrick Henry, Rashad White at running back. Our wide receivers, A.J. Brown, Chris Olave, Christian Watson, Jordan Addison, and Brandon Cooks. Our tight end is T.J. Hawkinson. couple more picks until we are up here. Want to check the board to see what the quarterback situation looks like behind us. Star Kindler has Watson. Amy has Herbert. Austin has Allen. And Stepfathers has Fields. And Sean has Mahomes. The CD Lamb drafter is Stepfathers. He could definitely be in contention. I'm guessing Dak is not going to come back from him twice at 1-5 and 1-12. Yeah. He won't. Um, Dak is at the top here. Um, slight I think you yeah. The only other thing with it, and because we're in this spot, I mean, Kirk Cousins is still an option for us as well. I really doubt this room would take Kirk Cousins. The Justin Jefferson drafter is on the other side of us. Um, so the only reason to pass on him, it'd be if there's someone else you like and you wanted to do like a Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins duo instead. I would rather do Dak. And then um, if we get sniped on Cousins, we could always go to Love. Right, exactly. We do have one other safety net there. I do really like when your kind of quarterback stacking options cascade like that, yeah. ADP wise. Yeah, and I think Dak and Love feels fine. I think Dak and Love is a better room than Carr and Cousins. Yeah, I I agree for sure. Um, so our team here, we do now get our first quarterback, Dak, stacked up with uh with Brandon Cooks. Also, we can start to think about um, some potential Detroit bringbacks if we'd like here for our Week 17. Otherwise, fairly balanced build as far as how we've kind of allocated capital to the positions. Yep. This is also one of the situations where, like, if we were to get sniped on Kirk Cousins here, we are in a really nice part of the draft for running back value. And yes. we only have two running backs. So it's like I don't really – I'm not like worried. Right. And because what it does is, I mean, you've talked about this, you've written about this on legendary upside of like, we still have the Viking stack and what is the easiest, probably one of the easiest quarterbacks to replace their quarterback production right. would be a Kirk cousins type where it's like, okay, we build out a Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed thing with Jordan love double. Now we have that stack, the Dak stack and a Minnesota stack just without the quarterback. And we know Dak. Well, we already love have Watson be... too. So we exactly. Have... So love makes it. Yeah. We're easy, real easy to double up. And I would just say, like, you know, even what we just talked through here, if we did want to play it that way, we could. Um, if we had a running back value we really liked and we wanted to push it, knowing we have the car love outs, I think that would be viable. So we'll have to see what you like here at pick 114 or if we just want to select Cousins five picks past ADP. At this point, I would say we probably would go Cousins, but – because I, there's no one really that has fallen, but I'd be fine. Yeah, let's I'm, take the value, looking, the slight value, double stack. I still love Rashad Penny, but again, just playing like the market element, all of the sentiment I hear out yeah. there. I think Rashad Penny is going to start getting cheaper. Um, I like Antonio Gibson a lot, but this still feels like a relatively flat tier with some options coming later. So I, I think we just probably don't screw around and get Cousins, right? I think we we just get our double stack. Lock it in. Um, so yeah, so now we are most likely done at quarterback. I won't say never, I won't say uh never, uh, but Dak and Kirk at quarterback, uh Derek Henry, Rashad White at running back, AJ Brown, Chris Olave, Christian Watson, Jordan Addison, Brandon Cooks at wide receiver, Hawkinson at tight end. So we got that nice double stack with Minnesota, the bring back on Green Bay, and a skinny stack with Dallas, as well as the Chris Olave, Rashad White mini. So doing pretty well on structure and correlation so far 
yeah, it feels pretty nice. And I don't really build a ton of like Dak. I don't know that I have a Dak Cousins. So it's kind of fun how, you know, you you build something that's not your typical thing, but it still ends up nice correlated. And uh, yeah, because you know, it sounds like you don't do a ton of Dak builds on. I don't on do own. a ton of Dak. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I take a lot of Anthony Richardson and he's falling. <laughs> yeah. You know, he, he often falls to the ninth now. So I, I've kind of made with my general thing is like when I see that start to happen and I'm overweight a guy, I just say, all right, I think I'm good on eighth round Anthony Richardson. I've, I've, Let me I give you a thought experiment. Say you're at the 112 and you grab CeeDee Lamb and say you haven't selected a quarterback yet. And at 108, both Dak Prescott and Anthony Richardson are there. Big ADP fallers. Um and in this hypothetical, it doesn't work because you could theoretically double tap yeah, them both. Double tap. Let's just let's just say <laughs> let, let me get my actual hypothetical in. Okay, let's say you're at 107 instead, <laughs> and you know the other guy behind you is going to take one of them. Which one are you taking? Hmm. And you have Lamb. Well, if I have Lamb, I probably I'd probably take Dak. But I I would be I would be scoping out the other drafters to see if they have quarterbacks already. Cause I would be, if I thought I could maybe get both, I might take Richardson and try to push Dak around the corner. Yeah. Cause Richardson's he, the guy who you're like, I'll take him on stack. They'll figure it out later. Yeah. And even I in that spot, um, I might just as a, as an ADP bro might take Richardson. Cause in that example, Richardson's a bigger ADP faller than even Dak. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a, it's an interesting thought here. Um, all right, we do see some of these running backs go off the board. Eli Mitchell, Gibson, Penny, Kendra Miller, Khalil Herbert. Um, actually mm. not a bad spot here for wide receivers, Pat. You know, for our kind of taking those couple detours, we miss the really sweet spot for zero RB targets. Do you like a, a Mingo Moore or Rashi here? Yeah, I'm good with, with especially the first two. Um, More correlated with A.J. Brown. Do we want to do that? Yeah, let's do that. I think that yeah. works. Where do you where are you at on Rondell Moore's efficient ADP? Obviously, the release of Hopkins, the ETR ranks, a lot of things screaming him up draft boards. Do you think there's still meat on the bone here, or this is about where he should settle? This feels about right to me. I think ETR still has him about around ahead of this. Uh which yeah. I I struggle with just given that um I think you know he did play a lot last year, but he is a he is a slot like in his natural NFL role. Uh, he's a tiny man and <laughs> yeah. it's a really bad offense, like a yeah. really bad offense. So like, I don't even know who their week one quarterback is going to be because Colt McCoy's coming off an injury. Right. So isn't it potentially like some rookie or something? Yeah. I didn't even, I didn't realize I knew Colt McCoy was coming off an injury. I didn't know that he might not be ready for the start of the season. I'm not sure he's a lock for the start of the year because I when we were doing the big board plus super flex, I was like, should we should we be drafting Colt McCoy? And then I looked into it and I was like, I don't think we can draft Colt McCoy. So is this a real person? Clayton Toon. in the chat. Clayton Toon. Yeah. So I, you know, that seems really gross to me. And then you and then you get to the end of the year and it's like they could be completely tanking. So I, know. I mean, and they're gonna have to tank pretty hard to get the number one pick over the Bucks. So, right. you know, we might not, we could honestly see, oh, Rondale's tweaked his hammy. You know, I don't know. I know I'm like deep in the narrative street now, but I just, this, it's just tough when it's out, with, out of an offense. You've been hanging out with Davis too much talking about, uh, about Greg Dorch here. Um, do you want to grab the Rashi Rice slight dip or do you like a running back here? I like Warren. Warren. I, I love, I love drafting Warren. Yeah. Um, let's do it. Um, what, what is your overall take? Um, I would say use the examples of both Jalen Warren at, and Jerome Ford. Um, other than drafters just kind of waking up and finally realizing they're the locked and loaded RB2 with basically no other competition, is there anything driving that ADP rise? And, and does it give you any bit of pause? I mean, we're not in territory where it's like, oh, a bunch of people got 17th round Jalen Warren, therefore you can't draft him. I don't think that at all. But do you still think they are maybe slightly undervalued even in this pocket? When when Jalen Warren goes in the 11th and I have taken him there just as like, a, I really need an RB3. I feel set everywhere else. Uh, maybe I have like a Geno thing. And I'm like, it's a it's not a great value, but I'm getting uh, a bring back. Uh you know, I don't love that, but I will do it occasionally. 
this feels fine to me. I I wrote about this on Legendary Upside where I was, I was saying, like, especially this time of year, I think paying a bit of a premium for these running backs that uh, are clearly the number twos and mm-hmm. also are insulated from signings. Like, Warren, they're not going to sign Leonard Fournette. They have Najee Harris. He already is Leonard Fournette. You know, it's yeah. like they're like the same guy. So, and, you know, they spent the first round pick on Harris. I think that protects Warren in a sense. Like, they're not looking to add to the room. They, they probably feel pretty confident. Plus, Warren played really well last year. So, they, yeah. you know. So, that with that, like, if you can get a guy who's got that contingent upside plus, you know, maybe occasionally mixes in, scores a touchdown, hits your lineup, whatever. It allows you to also like take, take stabs later that aren't where you're just completely guessing, you know, yep. like I don't have to wade into, you know, the super ambiguous backfields uh, later on. If I don't want to, I can tackle on a third tight end or something like that, where I feel like, Hey, at least this guy's starting. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, as our third RB, I think it makes a lot of sense. You know, Derrick Henry, the anchor, Rashad White, a guy that, you know, we're going to be banking on some early season production from, and then Jalen Warren, um, you can really have it both ways with him. Notice how I didn't say have your cake and eat it too, trying to wean myself off of that one. Uh, you can get the standalone value, which I think he will have some touches in in most game flows. And then also, just like you said, the massive contingent upside if if uh, Najee goes down. Yeah. Um. All right, we are on the clock here. Um, I definitely like the the Roshan Algier, um, kind of a flat area here at wide receiver. What do you like? That's the, I'm at running back here. Yeah. Do you have a? Uh, obviously, you have Roshan ranked a tick ahead. Any other correlation tiebreakers here? I don't really see any. What are, Arizona? What's the, what's the full running back list look like? Um, Roshan Algier, Foreman, Mostert. Yeah, I'm good with Roshan. Or Algier. Yeah, the only, uh, the only, I guess the only reason to maybe go Algier over Roshan is if you say, hey, you uh, I like playing it through Foreman and he'll be available. Right. Um, that did cross my I, mind. I like Foreman too. I think Foreman's a good pick. Yeah. They're all good picks. I, th- I think the Bears running backs are all really good picks. I believe I need to check my exposure and I can maybe check that in a second. I'm pretty sure I'm over 50% Miami Dolphin running back exposure and over 50% Chicago Bear running back exposure across my drafts. They're um, going to run the ball a lot. I think they'll be a better offense than they were last year. Um, and I think all three could be good. I know Roshan's good at pass blocking. I don't know how good he actually is as a running back. But I isn't that crazy? Probably. They had the highest run rate in the league last year, almost 60%. And all three of their running backs are free in drafts. That's pretty yeah. crazy. It is pretty crazy. And Deontay Foreman was awesome last year as a rusher. Kula Herbert what led the NFL in NFL next gen's rush yards ever expected uh per attempt. Uh, he didn't get that many attempts, but he was really efficient. And uh Roshan Johnson is kind of the clear passing down guy and he's got size so he could be you know high value touches type dude so all three i think are really interesting individual plays i've taken two i think in one someone sent me a screenshot of a draft where i took all three in, in the poodle i was like i guess yeah. i was having a little fun there <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um uh this was the only i guess you know looking back doing some um armchair quarterback on how we played quarterback you do see Derek call car fall to 152 Jordan Love here now falling around past ADP, maybe just like the slightest regrets, but there were just no really obvious 2v2s, I think, that we were passing on there to to otherwise. I guess it would have been the Antonio Gibson type pick. Antonio Gibson, yeah. That. Yeah. Uh, Algier, Algier goes, that kind of stings. Yeah. You know what? Laporta is pretty interesting here as a bring back. I like the Laporta. Here's one other thing just to talk through. Would you be okay with a three tight end build if we do want to get the double stack with a Cowboys tight end later? Or do you want to be done at quarterback or a tight end with Laporta? I'd be fine tacking on Ferguson as a th- third tight end if you want to do that. In the 18th round, like those picks are such low value picks anyway. Um, yeah. And we're going to be two quarterback here. So, yes. I agree. Um, I like that. So we do select Laporta. It does give us that Detroit bring back. And Laporta really is. I was talking about this the other day on Best Ball Breakfast of why I'm just like a little queasy with Jamison William. And, ever, you know, I had, I think I had a lamb share. And people were like, why aren't you reaching to, to grab 
uh, that bring back. And part of it is because I think Jamison Williams like spooks me a little bit. And also because Laporta is now so appropriately priced for a really nice bring back in most builds. So I, I've been getting a decent amount of Laporta lately. Yeah, this is where I think the Laporta type pick makes a lot of sense and where I basically think Dalton Kincaid should also be going, but he he will never go Yeah, this late. But this is like, okay, um, you have an elite tight end and you're basically looking for, you know, some spike week upside at the end of the season, plus a guy who's going to play, you know, a decent amount over the course of the year. Laporta fits that really nicely. Or you're doing a three tight end build and, you know, the hardest thing to find is like a legitimate late season breakout upside. So you got that with with Laporta. What you don't need from a 14th round pick is a guy who's like a locked and loaded week in, week out starter. Mm-hmm. I think where um, where Kincaid goes, you're kind of like you're close to needing that, like at tight end. If you're going to spend a, a tight end pick there, like you're kind of saying, well, the, at least this guy's a, a locked locked in NFL starter, and he's like totally yep. not. Yep, I'm with you on that. Where Looking did he go at, here? Uh, who's that? Kincaid. Kincaid. Let's uh, let's check here. He's been a he doesn't slide that much. Um, 11th. Yeah. 11th. Yeah. So. And now, now you start to get the digs like pulled out funkiness and everyone's like, right. Right, he's a riser if anything. Yeah. Yeah. I will just say this right now, Pat, I would, excuse me. Um, I would maybe be interested in the three quarterback build of Jordan love at, at pick 175. I'm just going to toss that out there. Right. Um, but I, I I'm curious though. I, I think structurally we can afford it. You know, I don't feel like there's any position that we're super behind the eight ball on, but it does probably tilt us away from the luxury Ferguson pick. Tight That's end. really kind of what you're balancing. I think we're we have the green light to do it. Um let's do it. It's a hell of an ADP value. We have him correlated with his best receiver. Mm-hmm. And we have three pocket passers i would say no disrespect right. to dex mobility but he's not like a true dual threat so yep and it, it did seem like when we were thinking through the ferguson and the jordan love stuff both of those were like okay structurally you don't necessarily have to devote extra capital to the position based on what we've done at them but then using the huge adp faller as kind of that tiebreaker of where you allocate that um and again i'm not even saying we can't take ferguson still i guess it will come down to we have three more picks, and let me just recap our team so you guys understand what we're trying to talk through here. We now have three quarterbacks, Dak, Kirk Cousins, and Jordan Love. Running backs, Derrick Henry, Rashad White, Jalen Warren, Roshan Johnson. Wide receivers, A.J. Brown, Chris Olave, Christian Watson, Addison, Brandon Cooks, Rondell Moore, tight end, Hawkinson, Laporta. So with three more picks, we're definitely probably one more running back and one more wide receiver. I, I think we can get to a 3-3 build at the onesies if we want. I mean, what do you think? We could, yeah. I would say I would be more inclined to spend it at running back or wide receiver. I think you could argue that we could, you know, we got third round Derrick Henry. So you can definitely build it like it's a kind of classic hero running back build where we took yeah. him first. But in terms of draft capital expenditure, we waited until, what, the eighth for Rashad White. Jalen Warren no. was the 12th round. Roshan Johnson, what, was... 13th yeah so we have not spent a lot at running back we could um pretty easily justify going to six running backs here uh, if we wanted to so and then obviously if we get to you know nine wide receivers that would or eight wide receivers that would also be pretty nice yeah and i guess i guess what we can start to do is using some of the you know, the, the board and the players as the tiebreakers, right? Where we don't have to make any positional selections just for structure. We can draft who we think are, you know, the best players available, exactly. I think, um, which is nice. Um, this is probably one of the most like balanced builds I've done. Like when I look at all of these and I'm like, yeah, we could just do one more pick at running back, one more pick at wide receiver and be completely, completely fine just on how we've kind of. And when you do get a couple ADP values, that's where you do start to feel super balanced, right? Because mm-hmm. it's almost like you're sneaking in an extra pick there. hundred um, percent. I love Chuba. I love Chuba too. I will note that Gainwell correlates. 
Gainwell correlates. Chuba also correlates with Green Bay in week 16, just tossing mm-hmm. that out there. I mean, what I, I like both. Um, you make the you make the you make the decision here. Let's go Gainwell. I think there's a chance he's a riser as people because mm-hmm. the, the beat writers are talking him up um as like I wouldn't say like talking him up in like a huge way, but they're just saying like here's what I know is gonna happen. Kenny Gainwell is gonna make the team. DeAndre Swift's going to make the team. They don't say Rashad Penny, which is concerning if you have a lot of Penny like me. But then I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, he did crush in the playoffs. And he does know the system super well. And he was a good prospect. And he's explosive. And he can catch the ball. So maybe and, – and the beat writers don't think he's clearly the number three. But we're like, well, he clearly is, though. He definitely is the number three. There's no chance he's not the number three. Um, I don't know. I think there's a chance we're wrong about that. So, and, yeah. uh, I talked about this on, um, ADP chasing yesterday. A guy in my discord got me, got me, uh, to kind of rethink it. And apparently I need to go listen to around the NFL. Cause apparently Greg Rosenthal is a big fan, a big fan of Kenny Gainwell. Uh, Roto Pat was saying that on Roto World football show. Gainwell, like from, um, just like a news and information like perspective of what how his like roller coaster has been where it's like you know we all liked him last year as a zero rb target hey this guy's going to catch passes in a good offense gives us a floor then did like hardly anything in the regular season then like crushed in the playoffs like was a very valuable big part of their offense then they bring in deandre swift who has i would say a lot of kind of redundancy a little bit skill set wise with Gainwell um, and Rashad Penny. And then everyone's kind of like back out on Gainwell again. Now you get like sketch stuff on Rashad Penny and you know Gainwell has no risk of losing his job, being cut, whatever. And now it's like, okay, now I'm kind of back in on Gainwell again. But why doesn't have Gainwell? Why isn't he at risk of losing his job? Like, you know what I mean? Like why are the beat writers so confident that he's not going to lose his job? Like the fact that they signed Penny and Swift would make me think under normal circumstances that you would expect this this day three role player to now be on the cut, the, the chopping block as a cut candidate. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I find it encouraging that they're like, no, 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 he's, he's a lock. He's going to make the team. So, yeah, you know, he, he uh, sounds like he's a part of the plans to some extent. So we have two more picks here um, at the, uh, the turn. Um, let's see what we want to do here. If one of these is a wide receiver, Pat, is there anything you like at, at wide receiver? I am laughing. Someone took Jake Ferguson. So um, I assume we want to get to seven wide receivers uh, in this build. You could do like the Greg Dorch, like the double up thing with the Arizona. Yeah. Um, uh, if there's a tight end you like for our third tight end, we could do Trey McBride as well. We could also do like a, a Fournette thing at running back. And like I think he's another potential riser if he – sign somewhere which i think he definitely will i'll let you talk me into i I went ahead and slid fournette just because i think structurally we could have made a case for any of those what do you think now for our last we're at a three six six two i don't think we even needed to get to six running backs in this build but we didn't man there there was nothing standing out no the wide receivers are just so picked over and fournette's like you know if he signs somewhere and he's going to chug along and do stuff like he's that's his whole deal yeah. You know what I mean? I think we need that seventh wide receiver now, though. Okay. Um, let's check the board here. If there, I mean, there is Nathaniel Dell correlated with our um, mm-hmm. our big dog share, which is kind of interesting. The steady drumbeat on, on him from camp has been pretty good. Um, in this range, I mean, we are just trying to correlate. Um, yeah. I, any other... Like Dell versus Dorch, do you have any any leanings? Not really. Um, yeah, I would I would lean Dell. I think just because we already made our bet on Rondale, and I, they right. feel like uh, yeah, they, they kind of run counter to each other. Yeah, uh, Hardy would be someone I normally just like like to mix in. I guess does he correlate with anything? No, we don't have any Chargers or Patriots on this team. Yeah. Um, uh quez is like part of this eagles thing we have going on yeah i really don't tend to not click quez unless it's with hurts with hurts. Um, that's how i feel too 
someone sent me a screenshot of Michael Wilson going at like pick 80 in one of their drafts. So your steam from was that last week or the other week? Yeah, uh, I was really so. catching on. <laughs> um, I, I like Let's Nathaniel Dell. Dell. Yeah. yeah. Rookie like wide we, receiver. Kind of the right, the right archetype here for us. All right, Pat. This one is in the books. Um, fun. To, it's it's weird to be in a room where you aren't like for at least for me where I'm kind of like scrambling to catch up at a position I'm behind on. Like this one, we basically for like three rounds kind of shrugged our shoulders on which position we needed. Our final team, we do end up here with three quarterbacks: Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, Jordan Love. The huge ADP follow baller there. Twenty two picks past ADP. Got to a six running back room with Derek Henry. Rashad White, Jalen Warren, Roshan Johnson, Kenneth Gainwell, Leonard Fournette. I mean, a full spectrum of running back archetypes right there in that room. Our wide receivers, A.J. Brown, Chris Olave, Christian Watson, Jordan Addison, Brandon Cooks, Rondell Moore, Nathaniel Dell. We did get to those five wide receivers through 80 picks, which felt good. And then Moore and Dell, I feel like, round out that room nicely. And then tight end, Just Hawkinson and Laporta. What are your overall thoughts on this squad? I like it. It's a fun squad. It's correlated. Um in a number of ways, we have little minis uh, with like the Derrick Henry, Nathaniel Dell. Uh, we've got this Eagles uh, Cardinals thing without the quarterbacks. We have uh, all three quarterbacks stacked with a bring back. Um, and I kind of like the six running back build here, given that we we played what the room was giving us. You know, I think like Fournette there. Also, I think Fournette strikes me as another guy i mean you could say zeke who was also there at the same time and we passed on um maybe he would have been a better pick because he was more of an adp value but both those guys could be one of the reasons to draft right now you know they they're probably signing somewhere and they will move up when they do and i I mean i think they're definitely signing somewhere like zeke and fournette are not retiring so no no they are not they are not um i definitely i am fine sprinkling in some Fournette. I I will not be. I know there's closing line value to be had with Zeke. I just when you're right, what are what are you winning at least with Leonard Fournette? Like Leonard Fournette could sign with the Chiefs and just like immediately be like on the field for like 60% of the snaps and catching passes and all of that. But I just really don't see the path to Zeke being a guy you're excited to have on your team weeks 15 through 17. I just can't see it. Zeke has looked done. Fournette has not looked done. He's looked kind of big and slow but that's he's always he's looked he looked big and slow in 2019 you know what i mean right like he's exactly he's not he's not anything new um and he catches passes really well he pass blocks pretty well and he he's pretty good at the goal line because he's a he's massive so i i i mean if you're in that situation where wide receivers completely picked over i mean i think we probably would have taken nathaniel dell where we took fournette right? There wasn't anybody that really jumped out in the 17th. So we went ahead and grabbed Fournette. And I do think like Derek, when you see Derek Henry, you're like, okay, we have our hero running back as a five RB build, but we skipped the kind of late dead zone and go to, to like the zero running back range, the early zero running back range with Rashad white. And the fact of the matter is that Derek Henry was our third round pick. So it's not like we need to build Mm -hmm. it in terms of draft capital allocation, like he's a hero running back. It's like a a bonus if he turns out to be a superstar. Yeah. The only thing like looking at that team, I do wish like if we had, if we call Leonard Fournette kind of a structurally uh, luxury or structural luxury pick, I would have preferred it to be Ferguson just to get that double stack with Dak. But I'm glad we're not forcing it with fucking Hendershot. Also, we would have been sniped. (laughs) Didn't he go? Yeah. Yeah, he did. Um, so, yeah, I like how this team uh, turned out here. Um, Pat, I want to quickly, um, before uh, Sean joins us here, I do want to mention something that Fantasy Life is rolling out today that I'm super excited about. We now have um, the Best Ball Hub, which is a completely free place to upload your underdog CSV um, from your exposures and get to kind of take a – a bird's eye view of everything you've been doing in drafts here. This is at uh, fantasylife.com slash tools, best ball hub. I'll drop a link in the chat here. It's just the same way as getting your exposure. Otherwise you can go and see 
your exposures across different teams here. Best Ball Mania 4, you can go look at my Dalmatian team, obviously a single entry, so I have 100% there. And then you can start to put in combos here as well. I can see what of my all of my Marvin Mims teams, what those look like. You can see which build types you have in them. Oh, nice. The, pr the price you got them at, so like the current ADP versus the average ADP you've selected him. See your team stacks, which partners uh, on the Broncos you paired him with, and as well as, of course, the Week 15 stacks, 16, and Week 17 stacks. So very, very sweet tool here from Fantasy yeah. Life, all completely free um, to use. And, uh, yeah, very excited to start to dig into some of the data here. Have you, Pat, started to, like, think about – because people have been starting to ask me – are you now starting to think about your exposures in your positions now that you're over 50 drafts? Are you to that point? Or are you still just kind of getting your guys and not worrying about that? I've been looking on underdog at some of the exposures that I have to get a sense of, you know, are there guys that I'm like really underweight on? Like, I think I, I was looking at, I was like very underweight on like Garrett Wilson for some reason. And I was like, what, how did that come to be? Like, I like Garrett Wilson, but, um, I've only done like 25 best ball mania drafts. And I think it's just like a little early to get like too worked up about the exposures right now. So yeah, I will probably do like another five drafts and then do a deep dive. Um, although I guess these, this puppy endeavor that I did is going to kind of make things tougher. Cause like I've, I've taken a bunch of Garrett Wilson there cause I was underweight, but that won't yeah. hit my official exposures until next month. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's that's the thing about the slow drafts is you'll you got you got to wait for them to finish and that applies here too. You need the team to be finished and then you can always re-upload the CSV. The other thing I really like about this too, as far as like sweating in season. So say there's a week where um, you have what like your Jalen Hurts and, and Goddard, uh, those guys go off. So you want to see all right. Let me see the teams where I have Jalen Hurts and Goddard. And I also, now I see, okay, I only have, uh, I have a handful of teams here. I can click the team name and specifically see the rest of the players I have around oh, them, cool. which is cool too. If you're trying to figure out your sweat, you know, Hertz and Goddard go off for two touchdowns, pull it up and be like, all right, we're rooting for Jamar Chase as well. We're rooting for Evans. So um, definitely mess around, play with this. I do have a tutorial video up as well, kind of walking through all the different things you can <laughs> you're do. very excited about this. I am very excited for the best ball hub. Uh <laughs> And I do have an, I have an article up on fantasy life as well, going through um, ways to use this and kind of the reasons why I think reviewing your exposures helps. Like one that I flagged Pat that I thought was interesting is I mentioned how I'm super heavy on the dolphins and bears running backs, but I noticed that I was a little light on Roshan, like compared mm. to like my Herbert stuff. And I almost kind of want to cascade my exposures on those backfields to where I'm overweight, the cheapest guy. And I actually yeah. had way more Herbert than I did Roshan. And so that was like one of those little things where it just catches it for me, where it's not a huge error. It's not a big thing, but I'm like, all right, I want to maybe pass on Herbert a few times to make sure I'm balancing that out with Roshan. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Cause like, I don't think we're, I mean, I'll speak for myself. I am not very good at sort of naturally keeping track of those tiebreakers. I'll make like, I'm like, these guys are all basically equal. So I'll take them equally. And then I'll look and I'll be like, I've never taken the third guy. <laughs> I just I right. take, you know, like I just don't, it just hasn't happened. So um, I think like the reason to look at the exposures and stuff is to make sure that the plan that you are executing matches the plan that you uh, put, in, put in place in, in the first place, that you're actually following through on what you wanted to do rather than like constantly second guessing yourself. You know, it's more about like, I feel strongly that these guys are about even why do I have 75% of one and 25% of the other? For sure. Also, Pat, I'm just laughing here looking at, I just randomly did the Jalen Hurts Goddard and then remembering this is the team we drafted where you got me on Michael Wilson. That's <laughs> our, our bringback. Closing line value, buddy. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, Pat, appreciate you as always. What do you got going on at Legendary Upside? You, of course, um, updated your ranks. You now have DraftKings ranks. Anything else that people should be checking out over there? Uh, we are doing, we have dynasty ranks now with Davis Maddock and Jacob Sanderson. Um, and, and in the process of doing a podcast series with those guys, uh, talking through those ranks, we did an episode, uh, where you can listen to the podcast, wherever you get your podcast, uh, legendary upside podcast. We talked through the rookies, uh, where those fell in the overall rankings. We're going to be doing another three episodes on the dynasty rankings over the next few weeks. 
Um, so if you're in a dynasty, tons of great content there. I'm also working on a couple articles. I had a really uh, long article on the late rounds and my my philosophy on kind of attacking the late rounds, especially this time of year, thinking through some things we could do later in the summer as well. And then I uh, had an article, a completely free article on uh, a quarterback tactic that I'm using right now if you're drafted from the top half of the board. Yeah, I really enjoyed that article. And I've mentioned this before, even if you aren't taking the plunge yet to subscribe to Legendary Upside, just drop your email there and make sure you're at least getting the free post. Pat had a really good one too. It kind of dovetails with that idea of the little trick of taking, you know, Devonta Smith along with Diggs or Kelsey in your mm-hmm. draft where you're giving yourself multiple outs to quarterback. And this, the stuff you wrote about Pat too, I think really comes in handy, even for slow drafts where you have more time to kind of hawk the other side of the board, really figure out what your teammates are, or your opponents are doing and then leverage that by pushing quarterback maybe a little extra than you normally exactly play. yeah and, and it's in an environment where the 80 the adps on all the quarterbacks are, are headed down so mm-hmm. i think if you're gonna push a position then push one that is overall undergoing a bit of a slide because you kind of want to say how how far is the slide going to go and so i kind of dove into like a specific way that i think you can capitalize on that Awesome. Well, Pat, we're going to let you go. Uh, If you guys want more of Pat and I, you can tune in to Ship Chasing tonight. We still need to figure out the logistics, but one thing I do know is Mike Leone and I will be out running in the dark while Gretch and Pat are on the ones and twos of a draft team. Last year, this ended up being an iconic stream when Leone went out for a run on one of our drafts, and I said, I want to join you for this. He sent me the glow sticks. We're ready to go, Pat. Uh, Looking forward uh, to that tonight as well. Amazing. Uh, I'm, I'm so excited. Yeah, so tune in. That's Ship Chasing, 9.15 p.m. Eastern. Right now, we are going to bring on Rotoviz Sean Siegel. Last week, the draft we did was absolutely out of control. Excited to see what we get up to today. So for Pat, check him out at uh, Legendary Upside. Pat will be here every Wednesday at 10 a.m. drafting with me. We'll catch you next time, Pat. Later. Later.